What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Lunch Table Kings podcast. I'm your host, Max Holtzlaw, and joining me today is my good friend and two-time champ, Bailey Hull. Bailey, say what's up. What's up, guys? Glad to be back. Happy to be the first guest on the Lunch Table Kings podcast. Also want to say I'm glad that Max didn't mention when those two championships <laughs> were, because <laughs> oh. if you don't remember, it's been quite a while. Definitely was about to, you know, bring that back up. But I'm glad you brought it up, too, because Bailey's been struggling as of late. Uh, getting a couple of second-place finishes within the past four years here. And then the two champs were back in a two-time champ of 2013 and 2014. So, shout-out right. to uh, yeah, DeMarco Murray. You know, we we, we got to stay humble here. It's, it's been a long time. Maybe, maybe are you and I the best, two to be given advice here with – with you know your lack of championships that's true that's true i you know whatever works whatever the people need that's what i'm here for and i'm here to supply them wins that's right i like i like that i like that we're, we're so coming today, in for first and second place this year that's right <laughs> but today on the pod bailey and i are going to be giving everyone some advice looking forward to the running backs of the upcoming year in 2021 and we're going to be taking a look, firstly, at kind of how ADP rates the RB1s and RB2s. And given our league size being eight men and us being a full PPR format, we're going to be taking a look as an RB1 being a top eight running back and an RB2 as a top 16 running back. So with that being said, let's get underway. So taking a look here into the top 16 running backs. Uh, Bailey and myself have taken a look at ADP based off of fantasypros.com and we're going to take a quick look at these first eight who will be considered the RB1 status uh, so jumping right in, Christian McCaffrey is number one, any surprise there Bailey? Absolutely not, I think this is uh, uh, the easiest choice in the entire draft I think so too, if you're picking one I think McCaffrey is the first choice, as well as Dalvin Cook at number two I think just as easy as Christian McCaffrey right off the board. Completely agree. One and two is, is pretty easily defined here, and then it starts to get a little more hazy. Yeah, I agree. I, at three, uh, we have Derrick Henry, and it's PPR format, so I get the risk with Henry if you don't want to take him at three, but he's just a machine out there. Yeah, completely agree. You know, I think we've, we're just waiting on that age cliff to kind of finally hit. Um, but he's shown no signs of slowing down yet, so I have no problem here at him, him here at three. These next three are kind of all, I would kind of group them together as question marks. That's Alvin Kamara's fourth overall. Saquon Barkley is the fifth, and Ezekiel Elliott is the sixth highest running backs in that kind of range. And any of those guys kind of strike your fancy? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. This is kind of that haziness I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, all three of these guys have a unique problem, a unique question mark with each of them. You know, Alvin Kamara, the quarterback change, Saquon Barkley coming off ACL tear, Zeke with seeming to slow down a little bit, maybe losing a little bit of his uh, his burst last year. So so you know, I don't have a problem with any of the three, but a um, little bit hazy for me here. And then to round out the RB1 status, we have Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb. So, Bailey, looking at those first eight names, uh, who would you highlight out of any of them to kind of 
fall out of that RB1 territory. Not necessarily completely unusual, but might not live up to expectations. Yeah, so I'm going a little contrarian here. Um, my my choice is is something that surprised me even a little bit, but but the answer for me is Saquon Barkley. You know, the okay. talent is undeniable. He's one of the most explosive backs in the league, one of the most talented backs in the league, maybe if not the most talented back in the league, just suffering some injuries, some poor offensive line play, things like that that have slowed him down. My concern this year, my concern with, with staying in that top eight for him is, is that ACL tear. You know, there's reports yeah. of the Giants already discussing you know, a slow start for him, taking the long-term approach. I think we've all been getting a few notifications this offseason of some concern there. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, additionally, there's some other pieces to this offense that concern me. They suddenly have more weapons than ever. You know, the the addition of Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard's still there. Evan Ingram shows up sometimes. Darius Slayton, you know, th- these guys are, are, are certainly going to steal some targets. You know, this isn't the Saquon Bar receiver room of 2018 when, when we really saw him boom um you know and, and my last point here that really kind of shakes me up is is that Giants offensive line um pro football focus recently put out an article and uh, the Giants ranked 32nd in the league that's pretty worrisome even with the back as talented as Saquon Barkley um just you know just a, a list of things kind of pointing in the wrong direction for me I think the talent will keep him absolutely in in the top 10, just maybe at the back end of that top 10 this year, if he if he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, those are all definitely good points. Not to mention, Daniel Jones has had the fumbling issue, so it's tough to get more work if you don't have the ball on offense. So, uh, But for me personally, I'm a big Barkley fan. I completely see all that stuff. My personal choice would be uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who was sitting there at the number six spot. And you kind of briefly mentioned it earlier, and it's just Zeke had a down year last year, uh, possibly lose some bursts, not entirely sure. Uh, he is in that second contract, which we all know is worrisome with the running backs at this day and age. And then we have um, Dak is back, so that should mean a more potent offense. You want to talk about opposite weapons. They have sophomore C.D. Lamb. Amari Cooper is there. Of course, he's hurt right now, but we'll see how that goes going forward. Uh, Often slept on Michael Gallup, who did well last year, towards the end of last season. Uh, They get Blake Jarwin back from injury, as well as um, just Zeke out in the passing game. And Tony Pollard did well in his short stint, so maybe they'll run some Tony Pollard as well. So it's really up for debate on who, excuse me, who will really get the full force if Zeke will really get full force work because maybe he is taking a slight turn for the worst. Yeah, I, I think you make some great arguments there. He definitely was someone that I considered listing on this uh, falling out, potential to fall out of that top eight as well. You know, you mentioned Tony Pollard, a guy that's kind yeah. of an ascending talent, someone that likely will get a little bit more involved, um, just enough to maybe dispel Zeke's former top five performances year in and year out. So, yeah, there is some concern there. You know, this, this, uh, he's, he's 26 years old now. Maybe showed a little bit lack of burst last year. They're, you know, of course, they're hyping him up uh, in, in camp, all the beat writers talking about how he looks, looks just fine and explosive as ever. But always take all of that with a grain of salt, of course. And now let's take a look at the uh, next eight on this list of ADP. So the 9 through 16 range what's considered an RB2 in our league. 
Uh, starting at the top is the PPR machine himself, Austin Eckler, followed by the touchdown machine, Aaron Jones. Uh, at 11, we have the rookie, Najee Harris. At 12 is Antonio Gibson, followed by Joe Mixon at 13. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, DeAndre Swift, and J.K. Dobbins. The three other sophomore players round out the top 16 at 14, 15, and 16. So taking a look at these guys, there's a couple of names that might stand out for possibly someone who you might look for as if you're kind of doing a modified uh, no RB status or maybe even just going with one of the top tier receivers right away as an RB1. And for me, if I'm picking one of these guys to finish in that top eight, I would choose Najee Harris personally. And Najee Harris was drafted in the first round. So with that comes the pedigree, comes the five years that you're going to get. And I know it's not as relevant for this season, but it does mean that they like Najee a lot and they plan to use him a lot. We've seen on the reports that he has the three down skill set. They plan on using him as a three down running back. Uh, He's, Built more, I would say, like a Derrick Henry than he is someone small, like even Austin Eckler. So Najee's built for the three-down role, and he's in a team that wants to run the ball. Last year, the Steelers did not run the ball. They were stuck with an older, broken-down James Conner and Benny Snell. And now they drafted him in the first round in order for him to contribute right away. And although it might not look like it right away, they did make some improvements on the offensive line in order to make that a better system for a ball carrier. I think you make some great points. Um, you know, I, I would would not disagree whatsoever in, in Najee Harris being that guy to leap into running by one territory, especially since it feels like we have a rookie jump into that, that group almost every season. Um, my only concern here has got to be that offensive line. You did mention yep. they, they made some small improvements. So you need to just see them take a, a step forward because I do think um, a lot of their running back troubles last year was was related to that line. Uh, my, my guy here um, I'm really excited about is Austin Eckler. I, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, the, the targets that really leaves this guy above and beyond oh, yeah. anyone else in this group that you listen, listed here is the back eight. Uh, you know, he's he's due for likely 100 plus targets in 2021, and uh, he, he can be a three down threat as well, given the lack of talent on the roster at the running back position right behind him. There's really nobody there. And right. that that gives me it gives me so much confidence in his ability to really get enough touches, 20, 25 plus a game almost with all that receiving work he's getting. The new coaching staff does give me slight concern, uh, but I really trust this offense. You know, it's dynamic. It seems to have taken a huge step forward last year with Justin Herbert at the helm. And we did have some concern with Philip Rivers leaving town. We know he's, he, he often uses that dump off to his running backs. But Justin mm-hmm. Herbert was targeting Austin Eckler, I believe, pre-injury at a rate of almost 121 targets over, over a 16-game span. So I, I have a lot of confidence in Austin Eckler in PPR leagues, especially to jump into that RB1 territory. Yeah, I mean, Eckler is also another great choice. Uh, if I'm, again, looking for an RB1 or as my personal RB1 outside of those top eight names, say you're stuck at the turn where Chet's picking because we all know Chet likes to hoard the running backs in this league, uh, then <laughs> Eckler and Harris are great names to have, I think, as you're 
top RBs uh, heading forward in the draft. So, uh, right now, we're going to take a look into some more sleeper names. Though we we'll just went through those first 16 guys. And so right now, let's uh, go ahead and take a look. And we will jump in to see who we have as some kind of deeper sleepers that you might not think of right away. All right, taking a look here at some of our kind of favorite sleeper running backs or those guys that are just outside the top 16. Uh, Bailey, why don't you go ahead and give me your number one guy you're looking forward to that if you're maybe throwing away the running back position early on or you're just like a guy who can sneak into your top 16. Sure. So uh, my choice here was was centered around a, a bit of stability at your RB2 position. And uh, this guy's David Montgomery. You know, he's not a very exciting running back. I don't think anyone's jumping off the, the table to draft him. But there's a few no, things that I like about him. You know, I, I, I'm surprised to, to <laughs> hear you uh, yeah, <laughs> disagree no. with your bears. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me tell you why you should like David Montgomery. All right. So he was a running back four last season. And I know that uh, he had that easy schedule down the stretch, which, which may have uh, uh, highlighted his numbers a little bit there. Tariq Cohen was hurt. That increased his passing usage quite a bit. But I'm not convinced Tariq Cohen is going to be a big part of this offense moving forward. We know that he's been he's still hurt. He's struggling to get back on the field this offseason. You know, he's, he's aging. You know, he's played a role in that offense where he's taken big hits. I'm not convinced that he's going to be a big part of this team moving forward. Additionally, Matt Nagy has continued to express confidence in David Montgomery all offseason. There were rumors early of getting 25 touches a game. You know, I think just yesterday there were rumors that uh, Nagy wants to see him get 20 touches a game. I'm, I'm confident in his volume. And as we know, volume is king in fantasy football. Now, I don't think that David Montgomery is a guy that can sneak into RB1 territory, but he's someone you can trust to roll out as a high-end RB2 week in and week out, you know, kind of similar to a Chris Carson role. Jumping into my first sleeper, uh, my first guy that I would point to is the current ADP listed at RB20, Josh Jacobs. And I know a lot of things kind of, Points a red a red flag for him. Uh, the big one being Kenyon Drake, who signed for the two years, uh, ten million dollars. But in running back terms, the ten million dollars is not a big contract. And really, what they want for Drake is for him to just be the third down back or just the pass catching back. So I think the RB twenty has been a complete shot to Josh Jacobs just because of the fact that they signed Kenyon Drake, who is a bigger name. Last year, he finished at RB8, and that was when he even got injured in Week 12, missed a week or two, and is now fully recovered. So Josh Jacobs is being listed at an RB20. I think that's a steal. I personally believe Josh Jacobs this season can finish as a top 10 back, uh, possibly even sneak back up to the RB1 territory. All right, so my second guy here, a little bit of a deeper selection i think max and i both dug a little a little bit uh lower on the uh adp list for our second sleepers here um, no spoilers for who he'll talk about but i want to talk to you about javante williams the current adp of rb25 
know, I think he was uh, the biggest thing for me is I love to see uh, a front office jump up, trade up in a draft to get their guy. And that's what the Broncos did here with Javante Williams. They traded up into the second to jump in front of the Miami Dolphins, who were more than likely going to fill their running back need with Javante Williams. You know, this this offense, this Broncos offense is is a stable QB away from simply exploding. You know, they have a tremendous amount of talent on this side of the ball, a wide receiver, at tight end. If, if Drew Locke can get it going or Teddy Bridgewater, doesn't matter to me either way. If we have some stability there and good QB performance, this running back role for the Broncos can take a major leap. The beat reporters are already claiming Javante could be the Broncos' week one starter. I'm not totally convinced of that quite yet. I know that Melvin Gordon is getting up there in age, but we don't see rookies jump into that that lead role unless they're a Najee Harris type build, that, that early first round pick talent. Um, you know, I think even if it takes a few weeks for Javante to fire and you start Melvin Gordon in this offense, I'm really confident in RB2 numbers, especially down the stretch. You may not see this guy finish as an RB2 on the season, but you're going to get RB2 numbers during the second half of the season in the fantasy playoffs when it matters most. And I mean, the rookie running back has finished in the top 10 every year the past five years, except for 2019. So shoot, maybe it is Javante Williams this season, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good example. My final kind of sleep to look for, and I did go a little bit deeper this time, like how I did last time when we were talking about quarterbacks. I looked for the RB31, David Johnson. And I know... I know he's been around for a while. He's an older running back creeping up there towards the 30 year old line and he's on the Texans. So you want to talk about a team that's not expected to do well at all. So why would you trust David Johnson to sneak into a top 16 ranking? Well, last year he finished as the RB 21, which is actually a testament to how good he actually was considering he finished or missed five games due to injury. Uh, the first seven weeks of the season, he was actually a top or an RB2 status at running back 16. And we talk about, Bailey mentioned it earlier, that it's all about volume. Volume is king. And especially in PPR, it's all about the amount of targets you're receiving. Well, last game, there was, or last season, excuse me, David Johnson only finished one game where he played the entirety of it without a catch. And yes, looking forward, you could say, well, there's an issue with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. If he's under center and not Deshaun Watson, throw does not like to throw to the running backs. He likes to scramble and likes to try and get out of pressure as well. But you can also look at it on this angle of the best receiver they have available is Brandon Cooks. Yes, they just traded for Anthony Miller, who as a Bears fan, I am still a fan of. But Brandon Cooks and Anthony Miller is not enough to get any job done. David Johnson came into the league as a receiver early on and was able to transition into a running back. So with that in mind, he should be, I would say the second best pass catcher outside of Brandon cooks on this team. And I think he's going to get a lot of targets, going to get a lot of catches. And because of that, I think that alone will shoot him up to a top 16 and even not top 16, top 20. So he should easily outperform that RB 31 territory. Yeah, another great pick. You know, this is, you said it, volume is king. This is a guy that's going to get a tremendous amount of, of 
work. It may not be in the red zone, but he's going to get enough work to provide stability down there at RB. If you're, if he's your RB3 on your team, you can count on him week in and week out. Okay. Look at one side of the coin there with these guys we think will outperform their ADP or maybe you want to call them as sleepers. But let's take a look at the other side where we're going to look at these guys who will fall short of their ADP. And we only looked at the top maybe 20 listed in order to give us a good ranking because we want to make sure that we give the people listening enough information that, yes, these guys aren't necessarily worth the risk. And I'd say outside the top 20, you're really just reaching for whatever. So who do you have in there as your uh, top 20 guy who won't quite reach their expectations? I want to talk about J.K. Dobbins here. And uh, this is, seems to be more of a feeling I have, I, you know, maybe not a lot of, of, of data to support this. The talent is undeniable. This is a very talented running back. He had the draft capital to support that. He really had a wonderful rookie season, all things considered. But the opportunity is not ideal in this offense. It's simply a matter of very little work in the receiving game. You know, this, this, this is a crowded backfield, a lot of, of rushing options. They, they did not throw the ball to J.K. Dobbins last year. The threat of Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson stealing rushing work also worries me. You know, this is going to happen in the red zone. It's going to happen in midfield. They just don't feed a three down back like we would hope to see in that, even in that RB2 territory. I don't think we can count on consistent RB2 production from, from J.K. Dobbins. I think he's going to have a great career, but this is not the season I'm buying. Going off of that, I'm going to piggyback with another sophomore running back who I don't think is going to perform very well. And that's the current ADP listed RB15, DeAndre Swift. Now, last year he finished as RB18 while missing three games and not being the full-time starter until week six. So that's excellent stuff. However, he's going into the season without the same quarterback as last year. He's got a different coach than last year. He's got Jared Goff under center right now and you know me, you know I'm not a Jared Goff fan. So that's going to be another slap in the face for the team, in my opinion. Not to mention that the team itself is terrible. I know I mentioned David Johnson was on a terrible team. But this team is projected to win a grand total of five games this year, which increases the likelihood of a negative game script. And not to mention that this team signed Jamal Williams. And if you know Jamal Williams, you know he is an excellent pass catcher he's not just a backup to have on a team just throw in there just when it's getting tired no, they will use him they paid him a decent contract in order to be used it's a Kenyon drake like contract that they will show confidence in him in order to use him heading forward so for me at that rb15 range deandre swift is not worth the risk I'll wrap up today's episode of the Lunch Table Kings podcast. I want to give a special thanks to my boy, Bailey Hall, for coming on. Thank you for being here via Skype. I know you're not really here with me in Indy, but, you know, this works just the same, right? Of course, man. Of course. Thanks for having me. I, I love what you're doing. I think this is going to be an awesome addition to the, uh, the Lunch Table Kings League. Yeah, I hope so, too. I like doing this. I like having you guys on. So the first official guest, of course, the only guest I had on my small YouTube career. So I figured that you had to be the one to join me first. 
and this podcast as well. I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I'm sure you're just as shocked as I am that that Miles Sanders and Joe Mixon have not come <laughs> out of my mouth once during this entire podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Those are your boys. So maybe we'll uh, be seeing them soon. I mean, currently it's, you know, the end of July, August is right around the corner, draft season right around the corner. We've finally got our draft order set in stone. So maybe soon enough we'll be seeing in that draft Bailey Hall. Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. We can't say any more. I'm going to give all my secrets away. <laughs> so, I want to thank everyone for tuning in once again to the Lunch Table Kings podcast. Uh, next week, I'll be back talking a little bit wide receiver action as we get one step closer to the draft season. Thanks again. <laughs>